let the children come Don't dare drive them away And then the kingdom comes Hear the holy foolish things they say The springtime of their life decides The adults they'll become So let the children come Please let the children children's bible journey with stories and songs just for kids we have a dramatized bible story coming up but let's get today's program started by singing praises to our awesome god
Hide it under a bushel No I'm gonna let it shine Every day I'll let my little light shine Shine, shine Right in the corner Where you are Right in the corner Where you are Someone far from harbor You may guide across the bar Right in the corner and I have the feeling that he shall grow stronger and still accomplish many things as king of Israel. But the sooner King David goes to his resting place, the sooner your son Solomon will be king. Are you not anxious for your son to become king? No. I love my son Solomon, of course, but I also love David, my husband. 
I would that God will give him many years yet to reign on the throne of Israel. Your father, the king, grows weaker and weaker. This is your chance, Adonijah, my son. Take it and become king, king of Israel. But you must hurry, or your brother Solomon may try to claim the throne. Since Absalom was killed, I am the eldest living son of David and next in line to become king. I'm the crown prince. Yes, mother, I shall do it. I shall exalt myself immediately and have myself acclaimed king. I shall have chariots and horsemen prepared and cause 50 men to run before me. The people will be impressed and accept me as their next king without question. woman, His Majesty King Adonijah approaches. Hail to the new king, King Adonijah. Bow the knee, Adonijah, the king passes by. Hail ye the new king and pay him obeisance. Long live the king. Joab and Abiathar. Greetings, Your Highness. We wish you success in your ambitions, Your Highness. Or should I say, Your Majesty. Oh, you heard. That you ride the royal chariot and have runners go before thee? Yes, Your Majesty. We heard. All Jerusalem buzzes with the news. Are you with me? Or against me? You are our crown prince, Your Highness. I see no reason why you shouldn't be our next king. Nor I. You've both been so close to my father. One is general, the other is priest that I thought perhaps at some time he's voiced a personal desire that one of his other sons become king. Your father's desires are of little importance now. That's the way I feel. Then you are with me. I am, Your Highness. You shall be our next king. <sighs> Many mighty and influential men in my father's court will be against me. We may have difficulty in securing Israel's throne. I will lend you my help and the help of the army I command. As high priest, I swear the allegiance of the priesthood. Ah, with such backing and help, I cannot fail. I shall be Israel's next king. I herewith and now proclaim myself king, king of Israel. Hail to the new king, Adonijah, king of all Israel. May the new king live forever. Now my first act as king will be to call Israel's attention to the fact that I am king. This shall be done by a great feast and celebration. Invite all the people to the feast, the great men in my father's court, his counselors, wise men, everyone except those who are openly against me, such as Zadok, the priest, Nathan, the prophet. Benaiah, chief of David's bodyguard, and, of course, Solomon. How is his majesty? He rests, your highness. Does he sleep? He is awake. May I go in and see him? You are the wife, your highness. Do as pleases you. But you are his nurse, and I want to do nothing that will impair his recovery. I suspect that his majesty would be pleased to see the queen. Thank you, Abishag. Your very presence, Your Highness, will lift the spirits of His Majesty. May I suggest, however, that you worry him not with weighty matters? And do not stay too long. It will sap his strength. I shall heed your suggestions. Then walk right in, Your Highness. Who is it? Abishag? No, it is I. Oh, Bathsheba. Sit down. I mustn't stay very long. Oh, I'm not as ill and helpless as they try to make people believe. But you must obey the physicians. They know best. If I did what they think best, I'd never get out of bed. 
They're right, of course, my dear. My days are numbered. And I can't help but worry a little about the building of the temple to the Lord. Perhaps I have forgotten or overlooked some little detail. Perhaps Solomon doesn't thoroughly understand the plans that came direct from God and so must be followed exactly. I'm sure you worry needlessly, David. Solomon is wise. He understands your instructions and will obey them. <laughs> yes, Solomon is wise, very wise for one so young. While we speak of our son Solomon, my lord, may I confirm the fact that it is your wish that he become the next king of Israel, taking your place upon the throne? Such is the will of God and the desire of my heart. You should know that. I do, my lord. But there are those who do not know it. I perceive that you're worried about... Uh, is there something going on that I know nothing of? Yea, my lord. Thy son Adonijah, by Haggith, has proclaimed himself king. He celebrates by a great feast for the people, including all thy other sons, except Solomon. When my lord the king shall sleep with his fathers... I and my son Solomon shall be counted offenders and sentenced to death. Begging his majesty's pardon, but Nathan, the prophet of God, wishes an immediate audience. Audience granted. Show him in. His majesty grants the audience. Thank you. Long live the king. You wish something, no doubt. I tire quickly, so make it brief. Your majesty, thy son Adonijah hath proclaimed himself king... And even now celebrates by... Yes, I know. Queen Bathsheba has just told me. Why is it, my lord, that thou hast not chosen a successor and made the choice known unto me, thy servant? My choice has been made, and I thought my officers knew whom I desire to sit upon my throne when I am gone. You knew it, did you not? No, your majesty. Uh, Bathsheba. Bathsheba, for... Where is she? She was here just a moment ago. She left as I entered, Your Majesty. Uh, fetch her here at once. Bathsheba, my beloved. And Nathan, prophet of God. As the Lord liveth, I swear unto thee that my son Solomon shall reign after me. He shall do so this very day. Call before me Zadok the priest and Benaiah, chief of my guards... They must place Solomon upon my mule and take him to Gihon, where he shall be anointed king over Israel. The trumpet shall then be blown, proclaiming him king. <laughs> A toast to the new king, Adonijah, king of Israel. <laughs> that bugle and the cheering. The city is in an uproar. Wonder why. Oh, oh, greetings, Your Majesty. You're excited. You've been running. Obviously, you came with good tidings. Your Majesty, the people rejoice and cheer because King David, thy father, hath made Solomon king in his stead. My father, King David, still lives. He's still the real king of Israel. He was, but he has abdicated in favor of Solomon. Thy half-brother Solomon doth actually sit upon the throne king of all Israel. The people, those who are on my side here at the feast, they're gone. Where are they? Evidently, Your Highness. They heard the news, and fearing Solomon's wrath are arisen and gone each man to his own home. That's just where I'm going. Is there no place of safety where I may escape? Go to the temple. I'd forgotten. 
The temple's a sanctuary from the vengeance and wrath of man. I will go there. continue the Bible story tomorrow. And if you would like to have these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible in Living Sound at 1-800-634-0234. That's 1-800-634-0234. Now here's some more music before we have to say goodbye. to drive me home. No problem. As a matter of fact, now I can ask you a question about something that's been bugging me. Okay. Remember what the preacher at church said about praying last week? You mean about how we should pray without ceasing? Yeah, without ceasing. What's that mean? Well, ceasing means stopping, so I guess he's saying we should never stop praying. That's what I thought, but that's impossible. I mean, look at my dad. He's driving a car. If he closed his eyes and started praying without ceasing, we'd be in big trouble. And how about pilots and airplanes or doctors right in the middle of a big operation? You don't see them always praying. <laughs> oh, Carlos, you don't stop what you're doing, kneel down and close your eyes to pray. You can just think a prayer while you're doing other stuff. Think a prayer? Yeah, like, let's say you're riding a bicycle and you look around and it's a really beautiful day. If you closed your eyes to pray, you'd probably run into a cow or something. So you just think, hey God, nice day, love the flowers. Or if I'm taking a test at school, for instance, a history test. Like the one we had today? Yeah, I can just think, hello God, I thought I was ready for this test, but my brain is on vacation. So if you could just help me remember the answer to number 37, I'd really appreciate it. That's the idea. Praying without ceasing means being able to pray anytime, anywhere. And by the way, the answer was Napoleon. Napoleon! The Spanish guy. French. I think I need to pray more. Jesus wants to be our friend. He's interested in everything we do and longs to be included in our lives. He has placed in our hearts a desire to share our deepest secrets and brightest hopes with Him. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists.
boys and girls. This is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. In the case of the secret code, Willie starts getting strange messages on his computer. Could they really be from God? Chapter 7. Where's Coco? Willie's heart leaped to his throat as he heard the tire squeal. Grandpa raced around the corner of the house and Willie turned and went back through the house. Willie plastered his face to the front window and breathed a sigh of relief. Some kids were playing baseball in the street. A car zoomed past them. Stay out of the street, the driver yelled at one boy. He watched as Grandpa asked the kids if they had seen Coco. Two of them shook their heads. The boy who had been yelled at said something that Willie couldn't hear clearly and pointed down the street. Grandpa nodded, waved a thanks, and turned back to the house. One of them saw Coco about a half hour ago, Grandpa said as he came in the front door. He probably hasn't gone very far. Willie looked up with tears in his eyes. It's my fault, Grandpa. Grandpa cradled Willie's head against his chest. There, there, now, it's just as much my fault as it is yours. I left the gate open. But I yelled at him, Willie said. I hit him. Well, you said he did something bad. I know that doesn't excuse you for hitting him, but I'm sure Coco isn't mad at you. He loves you, and he knows that this is his home. I doubt if he's gone very far. Grandpa tilted Willie's face toward his. Has Coco ever run away before? Never, Willie sniffed. I'll tell you what, I'll drive around the neighborhood and look. Maybe I'll see him, and he'll hop right in the car. What about me, Willie asked. One of us has to be here in case he decides to come back, Grandpa explained. Willie nodded, although he would rather be out looking for Coco. Losing Coco made Willie forget how happy he was to break the latest code from G period, O period, D period. He tried playing with his computer, but he couldn't concentrate. Every five minutes, he would wheel to the back door and call for Coco, then go to the front porch and look down the street. An hour went by. Finally, Willie heard Grandpa's car drive in the garage. Please, God, he prayed, please let Coco be with Grandpa. The door opened, however, and Grandpa entered, without Coco. I I don't understand, Willie said. I'm sorry, Willie, I didn't see him. I covered the whole neighborhood. But I don't understand, Willie repeated. Grandpa bent down in front of Willie. What don't you understand? I prayed and asked God to let you find Coco, Willie said, almost in tears. He answered my prayer about the library book. Why didn't he answer this prayer? Grandpa let out his breath and looked at the floor for a minute before replying. Willie, you have to understand that God is God. He has his own reasons for the things he does. Sometimes he lets things happen that we understand much later. Sometimes things happen that we won't understand until we get to heaven. Grandpa stood up, and sometimes we make mistakes, and he allows us to live with the results of those mistakes. That's how we learn, as painful as it may be. Willie's stomach did flip-flops from everything that had happened. He felt angry, sad, and worried about Coco. Even though he knew better, he felt angry at God, too, for not bringing Coco back. Most of all, he felt angry at himself. What What do we do now, Grandpa, he said finally. Well, I think we should just wait and see if Coco comes home. It'll be dark in about two hours. Let's see if Coco gets homesick about then. Two hours came and went, and Coco didn't return. As it got darker and darker outside, Willie grew more and more worried. He jumped when the phone rang. Hello, this is Willie Teller, he answered. Willie, this is Chris, he heard the voice on the phone say. Did you have any more luck with the code? Yeah, I solved it, Willie said without enthusiasm. You solved it? That's great, Chris said, but you don't sound too happy. I'm not. 
Coco's run away, Willie said. Oh, no, Chris said. Willie heard his voice muffled as he told someone else about Coco. Then Maria came on the line. Willie, we'll call the other shoebox kids. If Coco's not back by morning, we'll all be there. We'll search until we find Coco. The first thing Willie did the next morning was to stick his head out the back door. Coco! Here, Coco! But there was no answer. When he didn't see anything up or down the street out front, Willie called Chris and Maria. Before long, Mrs. Shoe's car pulled up out front. All the shoebox kids were ready to search. Let's start with a plan, Mrs. Shoe said. She laid out a map of the town. Mill Valley isn't very big, so if we work in pairs, we can cover everything on this side of the river this morning. A dog that small is not likely to go farther than that, Grandpa said as he handed out sack lunches to everyone. Willie and I will look downtown, Chris said, nodding to Willie. That will make it easier for Willie and me to get around. Willie self-consciously played with the rails on his wheelchair. Well, if that's everything, Mrs. Shoe said. Wait, Willie held up his hand. I almost forgot. He wheeled back to the computer room and pulled out a large slip of paper. I made this last night on my computer, Willie said, unfolding it. The group read the poster Willie had created. Dog lost. In the middle of the poster was a drawing that looked a lot like Coco. I thought this might help, Willie said. It will, Mrs. Shoe said, giving him a hug. We'll find Coco. Let's stop by the church and make copies of the poster. Then we can put them up all over town. Willie and Chris rode with Grandpa while Mrs. Shoe took the others. I'll be back to check on you, Grandpa called after they were unloaded downtown. Don't worry about us, Grandpa, Willie said. We'll be fine. Willie was right. Mill Valley was small enough that many people knew each other and almost everyone knew Willie. Willie, do you realize how many people around here could be G period, O period, D period? Chris said as they entered a grocery store. It seems like everyone knows you. Did your dad know anything about the computer bulletin board, Willie asked? Only that they don't give out any information about people who use the bulletin board. It's against the law, Chris said. Well, there's another dead end, Willie said. After asking permission to put their poster on the store's yellow bulletin board, Chris began tacking it into place. Boy, there are sure a lot of cool things for sale up here, he said. Look, here's an ad for a sailboat. Where? Willie looked to where Chris pointed. Willie read, Wind Jammer Sailboat, Used Very Little, $1,000. Call 555-1123, Mill Valley. Oh, well, we don't have that much money. Chris said as he pushed the last thumbtack into the corner of the poster. Let's go. Wait. Willie held up his hand and looked at the ad. Can you get that card down? I don't think we're supposed to do that, Chris said. I just want to look at it, Willie said. Chris shrugged and untacked the card with a sailboat ad. He gave the card to Willie. Willie looked at the ad for a long time, then pulled the wrinkled brown package wrapper from the backpack on his chair. He held the card next to the package. Chris held his breath. It's a match, Willie said finally. This ad is from G period, O period, D period. The story you have heard today is a chapter of The Shoebox Kids, book two, The Case of the Secret Code, written by Glenn Robinson, edited and created by Jerry D. Thomas, and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. 
let the children come Don't dare drive them away And then the kingdom comes Hear the holy foolish things they say The springtime of their life decides The adults they'll become So let the children come Children's Bible Journey was brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio and is a production of Lifetalk Radio at lifetalk.net.